Well, hello and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest health news and research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely fantastic, blessed day today, and hope you guys are ready for a new uh, live video show. You know, it's funny. You, you got to have off the last two days. How was that for you? That was good. It was good. I had to, I had to fly to St. Louis, visit a friend. Uh, what was interesting about it this morning, that we've just, just now gotten to the point where we're on camera right now and got our microphones working. It's funny when you don't use the set for a couple of days, the adjustments just mysteriously change. It's, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it is kind of ironic with that. And it's funny, you know, I was talking to one of my friends uh, yesterday. He was over here talking about it. And it was interesting how, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about this together until he had told me yesterday as far as what we saw with the whole botched Joel Osteen shooting where that shooting was basically supposed to be well, probably a lot more significant. Lot stuff, so those yeah. two security officers off-duty detail laid that lady out or that guy out or whatever she was out. I'm not, I still haven't really gotten clarification on exactly. She, it, it was an it. Right. And so what was interesting is he said from the reports that he had heard from individuals that basically were, because he goes to Texas a lot, is that shooting essentially was supposed to be set up specifically on that Sunday to cover it on the Super Bowl all night. They wanted to be able to talk about this mass shooting, basically with dozens and dozens of people had gotten shot at this massive megachurch and how these gun laws and all these gun restrictions and new gun mandates need to be put into place. And it's funny because they had all these bills that have been lined up, and you had the parade shooting where essentially you had some of the active crowd tackle these guys. You had this shooting at Joel Osteen, both of which really didn't go very far compared to what they could have. And it just goes to show you again why it's so important to be uh, well-armed and well-trained on a regular basis because, quite frankly, you never know when you might have some lunatic run around with a an it, I guess, and run around <laughs> with a rifle and try to do something nasty. So, again, why I tell everybody to stay prepared as always. And, again, you guys need anything, healthmasters.com. You know to get a hold of us. The Natokinese formula on sale right now, product of the week. I told you last week that mm -hmm. it was winning. And uh, this product really helps out as far as with blood viscosity, helps out with preventing blood clotting. And it's on sale right now for over 10% off. For everybody to try it out, if you have not tried it yet, it's also a key product in our uh, Spike Protein Survival Kit that we have on the front page of the website as well that you actually put together when you yes. first started looking at stuff as far yeah. as with mm -hmm. the uh, what's going on with the shot with the Spike Protein. You want to elaborate on that a little more? Well, the thing we've learned over the last couple of years is that we're having all these different types of immune disorders come up, including cardiovascular disorders like POTS disease. And when you start looking at the research on these, you start finding there's a problem with blood clotting in many of these cases. Yep. And that's why with the natokinase is such an important product. And plus these proteolytic enzymes, natokinase and the other ones that we're using, really help to stop the reproduction of spike proteins in the body. So they're they're absolutely, it's, it's a critical thing that if you've taken the shot that you have to make sure you try to mitigate it as much as you possibly can. And you have to try to ameliorate the symptoms to the best of your ability. And it's just something that we've learned over the years is that, you know, we have the ability from a natural standpoint to basically circumvent a lot of the things these quote-unquote weirdos are trying to do as far as reducing the population of the planet. Yeah. But you've got to be proactive in it. You've got to be willing to say, okay, look, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going to take that. So, you know, be very, very careful because and there, I had a meme come in this morning. It was a very, very good meme. It says, if you really think that a trillion dollar a year medical industrial complex is trying to help you and keep you healthy, then the fluoride is working. <laughs> okay. The, the fluoride That's is surveilling. Yeah, yeah. I heard that this morning. I saw that meme. I started laughing and I said, well, that's the truth. So if you really think that a trillion dollar medical industrial complex <laughs> that wants to keep you sick and diseased so they can maximize profits on you, wants you to be healthy, you need to get the fluoride IV out of your arm because you've been programmed. So it's important that you understand that. And I'm not saying that there aren't some medical doctors or osteopaths out there, or chiropractors out there that aren't good. 
that are truly trying to help people. I know several of them that are like that. I mean, I could list them for you right now. But the reality is probably 95% of them are not. 95% of them have sold over to the medical industrial complex, and they're being paid huge bonuses for how many prescriptions they write, how many drugs they use, how many protocols they use. They're using different types of, how should you say this, you know, advanced treatment protocols that are only doing things like coming to rob, kill, steal, and destroy you and basically destroy your immune system. So be very, very, very careful. We've talked to you for years now about how the clot shot was specifically designed as a bioeugenics weapon to destroy the population of the planet and reduce the population of the planet. And now by 2025, there's going to be a massive reduction in the population in the United States and in the world because of the long-term lingering side effects. Now, whether or not that prophecy, if you want to say that, or that speculation comes true, is completely different because if we have people out there, they're going to do things like the spike protein survival kit. If we have people out there that won't continue taking the clot shot, if we have people out there that are going to be proactive trying to stop the damage that has been done by the clot shot, these statistics aren't going to come to fruition. I'll be honest with you, they're not. Because we have the ability with our bodies to change our DNA through the blood of Jesus. And yes, I'm going to go there today. Okay, when God brought Jesus to us, and he basically allowed him to be, how should I say, crucified so his blood would be spilled, his blood would set up an eternal frequency for us because he's an omnipresent being to change our DNA back to the Father and to bring us and reconcile us back to God. It's going to change us back to that of the Father if we have a relationship with God. But you have to think about it. And also, this, this is interesting. I read a book yesterday, you know, on the way to St. Louis and back. I won't recommend the book because it has too much. It's about a third of it's about political Zionism promoting Israel. So I, I had about enough of that on the plane. Yeah. But he said something interesting. He goes, when the crucifixion happened, the creation, God's creation, his children killed the creator of the universe. Yeah. And created and killed their creator. And I thought to myself, wow, that was really well said. Because, you know, we turned on God. We knew he was God. He told us he was the great I am. He told us who he was. And he killed God. And, and we basically killed God. Yeah. And, you know, of course, God's wow. father was still there. Right. But and, still, but, yeah. But, and, but because we killed him, it allowed him to spill his blood and create a turn. That's how much he loved us. But that's how twisted human beings are. And then the book also talked about original sin and about Adam and Eve and how, how Eve was only caught up in self-development and personal growth and what God had told her not to do, she decided to do because it would help her become a better person or whatever she thought to be able to live forever. And she believed the lie of Lucifer. And it went into detail about how this self-help movement teaches us that we can be gods. Now, now I'm going to just meddle for here a second now. A lot of people in these churches now are teaching people that we're little gods, that we're little I ams. I heard one preacher basically come in and say, I am this, I am that, I am this. And he's praying out loud like he's creating the heavens and the earth, like he's a little God. I heard him personally do it. Now, I've slammed him multiple times. He also said that God's an hermaphrodite, which is absolutely ridiculous. But when these people get caught up in these cults, when they get caught up in these cults and these religions, they start doing things they should not have do and saying things they should not have say and believing things they should not have believed. And so the book went into some of the details on that, and that was pretty good. It talked specifically about the Mormon Church or the Jehovah Witness Church, which I've covered in detail on this show, about how they denied the deity of Christ. So all of these things are out there for people to read and to talk about. But then he starts slamming you know, Darby and what his, he was teaching in the 1850s. Then he turns right back around and starts promoting you know, the Schofield Reference Bible and, you know, and Tribulation and the Bible and all, all stuff. And guys, I was sent this book for free. Now, I want you to know something. I normally wouldn't have read the book, to be honest with you. I wouldn't have read it because I've got too much other stuff to do. But I'm sitting on a plane like four or five hours of flight time, so I went ahead and read it. It was only about 350 pages. It was no big deal to read. But the point was, 
I decided to go ahead and read the book. And I thank you for sending me books. But the vast majority of them, when I scan through them very quickly, if I don't find them interesting, I'm not going to read them. This one, however, had some very interesting comments in it that I thought were pretty good, but I won't promote the book because of the promotion of Zionism. But the reality is this, and, I'm gonna, and, I, and I know why you sent it to me. Okay, I'm just going to – I'm going to do a little bit of vetting this morning. I know why you sent it to me because you disagree with me as far as Israel. Okay, I got it. Okay, You disagree with me as far as the rapture. But I'm going to say this to you very, very clearly again. A lot of people believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, which was never promoted until around 1850 with Darby and Schofield around 1900, promoted by Samuel Untermeyer back in 1910 when he pushed the Schofield Reference Bible through Oxford Press to be promoted to all the universities and theological seminaries throughout the world for free. Okay? This is start, for the first 2,000 years, it was not promoted or talked about because it, didn't, it wasn't obvious in Scripture that it existed. But a lot of you now believe in a pre-tribulation rapture or a mid-tribulation rapture or a post-tribulation rapture. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say to you. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. I hope you're right on a pre-tribulation rapture, and I hope I'm wrong. We don't have to argue about this. This isn't something that has to become an object of, con you know, of, of, of condemnation towards either one of us. And I learned something a long time ago. You can argue about little things, but it doesn't solve any big problems. We can argue about the pre-post or you know, post-tribulation rapture. It doesn't solve any problems. We're not living in heaven right now. We're dealing with things here on earth, and we're having to deal with things that are absolutely crazy as far as what I'm concerned about and how the world is working right now. So I'm not going to argue with you about a pre-millennial, pre-trib rapture or whatever you want to talk about. If you believe that, I hope you're right. That's what I can say. I hope we all get to leave. The problem is they taught the same theology to the Chinese as 50 million of them were killed with the communist revolution when these 50 million were Christians, and they sat there and they waited for the rapture as they were being slaughtered. This is the problem that we have, isn't it? When Christians are being told there's going to be a pre-trib rapture, what happens is Christians come out of the, how should you say, uh, work of the Lord as far as trying to get things changed and trying to make things better and trying to evangelize and sit around and wait so they can get sent to the heavenly grandstands. All of this was being used, in my opinion, and I've told you this in depth now, to basically stop us from criticizing Israel, to stop us from being involved politically because we think, well, there's nothing we could do politically, so therefore we're going to sit here and just wait for things to happen. It's not of God. This morning, I, it was interesting, I had a a lady that I spoke to without a candidate, a good friend, nice lady. And, and, you know, the crazy part about it is she was criticizing me because I've gone on a few dates, you know, here and there since Sharon passed away. Now, I'm going to address this for a second. Now, here's the thing that I try to tell people is this. The kingdom of God has been advancing since the beginning of time, and only forceful men lay hold of it. Okay, I got it. Also, I realize that this is true. We've got to be willing to go out and do what we need to do as far as to help to do things on this earth while we're here. Does that mean that God can't send somebody for me to my home today? We could do that too. But the reality is, is that I want to be proactive in everything I do in my life. I'm not going to sit around and wait for God to do things for me. I'm going to work like it's all up to me and pray like it's all up to God. Now, you can see I'm a little bit on a, little, a, little bit of a tear this morning. I want to just share that with you. But I also have some other some letters that came in that were really, really good. I had this one man call me up. His name's Michael. He actually sent me a really nice letter. And he, he was pretty nice. He was talking about, and I'm going to read this to you. He goes, he goes, it is the meaningless final step in the political process, when elections, where the powers entered behind central governments manipulate their own hand-picked people in positions of power. 
The election ritual is the ostensible gesture used by central governments to keep their subjects pacified, allowing them to think erroneously that they can exercise control over their government. The preposterous idea that people can somehow control their controllers has been subtly planted into the minds of the American public. The concept is impossible, but the people mindlessly continue to believe it nonetheless. Political positions are created, filled, and controlled entirely by the elite super rich. He's talking Rothschild banking cartel now and bloodline families, the news media, the covert powers like the CIA. They coerce, threaten, murder, and bribe people to keep politics carefully controlled. Politicians serve their masters, bankers, not the poor voters who are permitted to vote for a select banker-owned hireling. Real change will never happen as a result of people voting, petitioning, campaigning, or otherwise playing politics. Instead, real change will take place when the people actually dare to disobey, when people stop begging for the legislatures. I'm going to add this. When people stop wearing masks, I just thought I'd mention that, legislative permission to be free and to start thinking and acting like free people, even when the ruling class has declared freedom illegal. Authority is always in the eye of the beholder. When people stop imagining that a group of parasitic liars and thieves have the right to control them, only then will the people have any chance to free themselves from authoritarian oppression, not through begging and petitions, but through pure disobedience and resistance. I've been saying it for years. Until when and if ever American people are designed and implement their own election process that's void of embedded political corruption, they'll continue to be the sheep waiting which of them the wolf will dress for dinner. He's right. Now, this is, the, this is the kind of stuff I like when you send me letters like this. By the way, uh, Michael, that was excellent. That was well written. But the, but the point is this. You know, that's why we tell you Donald Trump and Joe Biden are just two hand-picked people. That's all this is. And then another one, this lady wrote me a letter. This is another good letter. She goes, hi, it's been a while. This is a, a letter from uh, Chris. Hi, it's been a while since I wrote. I'm reading The Bad War, and it's grueling. I have to do a lot of extra research. Wow is all I can say at this point. Some of it I knew from research that I've done on Russia. Since I have no one to converse with on this subject, and since you turned me on to it, I just needed to reach out to someone who knows what I am studying. Man, it is a hard read. So much world history. WW2 has always interested me, and because my grandmother came over from Germany, I'm intrigued. On another note, the subject you talked about before, I became a believer. My experience of the feminist movement in which I grew up showed me that women were an instrument to destroy the family, which then breaks down a society. I wrote a paper in college on how women were destroying America. Oh, boy, that did not go over well. It's such a shame that women would not give up their power of that. They would give up their mother of their power of motherhood, stabilizers of the family, and the woman became the man. I could say so much more. So here we are today. Okay, to say when I listen to you, some things I disagree with you. She said that very, very nice, by the way. I do have her buy your stuff. That's from Health Masters. And for the most part, it's refreshing to hear from an alpha male on what's going on. So God bless you and your family, Kathleen. By the way, Kathleen, thank you. That's a great letter. I know you disagree with some of the stuff I say. I'm okay with that. We don't have to agree on everything. But here's the thing. Sometimes we have to agree on some things. Otherwise, what's the point of listening? And thank you for agreeing on some things. Here's one more I wanted to say to you. This guy's in his 70s, and his name's Bill. And he was basically talking about kidney stones, what he could do with that. And then he goes, he'll listen to your show every day. I can't go without it. I'm in Vero Beach. And if I don't have any family here, so I consider you and Austin to be part of my family. I love listening to your dating stories. Okay? I'm 71 single, and I got captured by this Ukrainian dating site. The women are beautiful, but I think the scam factor, taking your money, might be quite high. The ladies write you and want to chat with you for $15 of email or to read the answer, a letter, and write back. They never allow you to exchange contact information. Ted, keep up the good work. I love making a smoothie out of the GHI cleanse and adding the powered multiple vitamins. 
you know, so this name's Bill. Bill, thank you. I'm not reading all the stuff. Some of this stuff's really personal. But here's the thing, too. And I've talked to you about this before, and I talked about it on Dave Hodges. You know, a lot of these dating sites are scams. So be very, 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 very careful with them and make sure if you can't speak to somebody personally or exchange personal information. Or FaceTime them. Or face, face, FaceTime. That's the next step. Also, is right. If you can't FaceTime them, 99% of the chance they're fake, period. So be careful on this. Now, you say, well, as a Christian, should you be on a dating site? I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to belabor this point. Number one, the Bible does not tell me how long I'm supposed to wait to date if your wife passes away. Number two, it doesn't say you have what age you're supposed to date as far as what you're supposed to do as far as dating somebody. And number three, we need to realize the churches in the United States, in most cases, the ones that I found, don't have a singles group for people over the age of 30 or 40 or 50 or whatever. They don't have any of that stuff. They've got college single classes, and that's it. So the churches are not facilitating this. Now, one other thing that I want to say that this book said he was saying how the king, how the, how the gates of hell cannot prevail over the church. And I thought about that when he said that in the book that I read yesterday. I'm, I'm kicking back to where I first started the segment. Here's the thing that the Holy Spirit showed me. And Austin, I want you to, I want you to comment on this. The gates of hell cannot come over the church. But here's the thing. Go to this camera, Rich. But here's what the Holy Spirit... <laughs> I want you to look at the camera. Look at this camera now. There we go. There it is. And, and, here, and here's what we've learned. And, and, I, and it's something that I, I need to say this. And that you, again, it's going to be one of those things also that's going to make some people mad. The gates of hell may not be able to prevail over the church. But what about church leadership? How about the church leadership that's no longer promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ? Can the church leadership destroy the church? Can the church leadership come in and cause massive disunity in the church? Can piety, can piety and sanctimonious behavior destroy the church? When we're told that we're both, both sinners and saints, how in the world can we judge one another when it tells us not to judge, lest ye be judged? Yep. So, I mean, so the reality is this. When you have a church that takes the cross out of the church, when you have a church that won't talk about the lordship of Jesus Christ, when you have a church, these are leaderships. And when you, I, I, my, one of my favorite was a Baptist preacher one time who basically got up in front of the church and said he was watching the Playboy channel. Okay, that this is something you were there. We all know I'm not going to mention any names. And then he confessed to the entire church he was doing this after he'd already lost about half the church membership because of lack of leadership. Yep. And finally, that same, pa that same pastor ran the church into a ditch in which it had no longer had any money. It was basically fiscally bankrupt, and the church had to be given to another organization. Yeah, oh, okay, We've we seen it. Okay, so here's the problem that I have with all of this stuff. And that's not any denomination that I'm picking. That was a Baptist preacher. But the reality is that, I see that I've seen the same type of leadership problems in other churches. So could church leadership destroy the church? I've seen it repeatedly over and over and over again. So that's why if you're in a church to stop providing proper leadership, it's really important that you step away and ask yourself a question. Do you want to support this church? Do you want to give them support financially if they're not doing what they need to do based on New Testament mandates? That's how I look at all that stuff. So I'm off that topic now. I'm off this topic now. <laughs> What's your first story? Do you have any comments to make about anything I said? About uh, it's very valid. I talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday as far as where a lot of these churches have missed the mark where they don't have the proper leadership in place. And there's no oversight to maintain proper leadership because a lot True. of the leadership is being controlled on the back end through Masons and other sub subgroups that essentially are behind the scenes. That's exactly right. In the uh, shadows, so to speak. And I'm not saying all of them are like that. I've just seen it, watched it been aware of it and so it's something to just be aware of on that topic and you're bringing up the other topic as far as being proactive and being involved in things and actually going forward and actually trying to be engaged in things i've learned a long time ago that you know you could set goals and you can talk big but if you put no action behind it nothing happens if i sit there and start saying you know what guys i'm gonna figure out how to do 100 push-ups in one set every single day so i'm gonna figure out how to do it but but i don't want to do push-ups 
I, I don't want to. I'm, I, I want to lay on the couch, but I'm, I'm going to figure out how to do 100 a day, but I'm never going to do 100 push-ups. You're going to look at me and go, that's really stupid, Austin. That doesn't make sense. Well, that's what a lot of people do, right? They say, well, you need to just wait for this. You need to wait for that. You need to get ready for this, and you need to get prepped for this, but you don't need to do anything about it. You just need to say, I'm going to get ready for it, but I'm not going to do anything. That's probably some of the dumbest ideology I've ever heard in my life. If you want to achieve something, if you want a goal set forth, you have to put action behind it. That's the concept of every goal. You can't sit there and say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set this goal, and this is the way I'm going to do the goal, but I'm not going to do anything to achieve that goal. I'm going to sit and wait for that goal to be handed to me. That's the ideology that's being presented now to a lot of this younger generation. One of the reasons why a lot of these kids are such epic failures because they have this entitlement mentality where they think everything has to be handed to them without any production, without any, any benefit as far as to the marketplace. They just breathe air and also know oh, I breathe air now. I, I need to get this much money. I, don't, I, don't, I can't go to work today for a meeting because I have a yoga class to go to. I, I, can't, I can't be involved in this. I can't be doing any of this stuff. You just need to give me a check for breathing air. That concept is starting to become very systemic in the younger generation. And again, if it is to be, it's up to you. If you have to be involved in things. You have to be proactive about it. Same thing goes with your diet. I talked to you guys in detail on the show. So they had a whole big segment on diet and food and goals and losing weight and getting in better shape and all types of other aspects. And it goes right to back to the same thing. If you're dealing with body fat that's excessive, if you're dealing with high cholesterol, if you're dealing with diabetes, if you're dealing with these health problems, and you sit there and go, I want to get rid of these. I want to get rid of my diabetes. I want to get my blood sugar under control. I want to get my body fat under control. But I'm not going to change the way I eat. I'm not going to change my diet and my lifestyle. I'm just going to say that my diabetes and my obesity is going to get better. I promise you nothing's going to change. You have to put action behind it, and that's the concept that I think Dad's talking about as well. Well, you have to be involved. Back to this camera, Rich. Okay, you're, I agree with you 100%. Here's the deal with that, and this is what I've seen in my own life. You know, if I don't go out and try to be proactive in anything I do from my health standpoint, it doesn't get any better. No. Okay, if, if I want to lose four pounds or three pounds or two pounds or, or 20 pounds or 50 pounds or whatever somebody wants to drop, if you don't start getting involved in it, I've got a friend of mine right now. Her husband has her. I'm sorry. Her dad has cancer and she's called me repeatedly to pray for the guy who has cancer. Well, he's not doing anything. He won't do the medical model. He won't do the nutritional model. He won't do anything. He says, I'm going to get better. I'm happy. I deem it. So he won't get off the couch and he's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. I had happened with another friend of mine. You know, she basically has a bad problem with her immune system. I said, you need to get vitamin C intravenously done. Yeah. Okay. Immediately. She won't do it. You know, she won't do it. She's not doing anything. And, you know, she's already had cancer multiple times. Now she's cancer's come back and it's ravaging her body. And yet she believes that she just sit there and do nothing. See, that's the same mindset that people have, Austin. They're going to sit there and it's no longer their responsibility to do anything. It's the leadership of the church's responsibility to do it. So if the pastor doesn't get involved as far as saying something to the church, they're going to sit there like a mindless amoeba and not say anything to anybody outside of the church situation because it's not their responsibility. Yep. It's, 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 it's the pastor's responsibility. And see, there is some point of that that is true. If a pastor is a true pastor and he cares about his people, he's not just a hireling, He's going to take the best he possibly can and do the best he possibly can for everybody. Otherwise, he's not. The same thing is true from a dating standpoint. I'm going to address this one more time, and I'm done with this topic. If all I want to do is sit around all the time and not go out with anybody, it's like saying I'm going to do 100 push-ups and never do a push-up. No. It's stupid. I know so many people that have sat around for 10, 15, 20, one of them almost 30 years waiting for God to send them a husband or a wife. And they just sit there, and nothing has happened. And then I have another friend of mine who's part of that same cult thing I talked about earlier, saying that I am this and I am that. 
he has set this church all this money, literally 40% of his income, probably I'm estimating, for the last 20 years for a wife to miraculously pop in his door. And you know who I'm talking about, and it hasn't happened. So that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about being proactive on everything. And it's not just, it's like preparation. It's like, it's like, it's like having a preparation mindset. We live in Florida. If we have a hurricane, we better have some water stored up. Have some oh, yeah. stored up. <laughs> if, if you want to do 100 push-ups a day, you got to start doing a push-up a day. Yeah. A one. You have to start with one. Start with one. You got to get off the couch. If you have a problem with adult onset diabetes and your syndrome X, you've got to change your diet. You got to start taking supplements. You got to start changing and doing something different. But it's the same mindset. Because of what we have been programmed because of the Schofield Reference Bible, we're supposed to sit here and not do anything. And then they shove a fluoride IV in your arm as soon as you get born with formula or whatever. And all of a sudden that makes your brain go to, go to mush. And now you think, well, I don't have to do anything. It's not my responsibility. It becomes all of God's responsibility. That's exactly what I was going to get at. And one of the issues that I think has become so systemic is people take small little snippets out of the Bible of what they want to believe as far as, well, I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to give this to God. That's a very, very important positive concept to do. But you also got to take the parables in the place, like the parable of the sowing and reaping, throwing the seed on soil here, throwing it on a rocket. You're being proactive. You're constantly throwing things out there. You're constantly trying to push forward. You're not, they didn't say the parable, the sower, he sat on the couch and left his seed in the bag all day and did nothing and waited for God to produce food. Didn't say that. There's nowhere about that. So it's the aspect of what you've talked about as far as prayer and hard work, well, just like that's just but, like your plaque says. But it does talk about the parable of the talents in which the guy buried the talent. Yes. And then God came back and says, you wicked, slothful servant. Did nothing. You did nothing. <laughs> See, and it's, it's, I, I remember one time somebody used the analogy, there was a flood, okay? And this person sitting on his housetop, and the guy's waiting for God to come save him. Yeah. Well, the guy shows up with a boat. The guy goes, I'm, I'm waiting for God, but I'm here to save you. Now I'm, I'm going to wait here. God's going to save me. Okay? So the boat leaves. Then a helicopter shows up, drops a line to him, says, get in the basket. We're going to save you. He goes, no, no, I'm waiting for God to save me. I'm not, not, not going to get in the helicopter with you. Finally, the house is overwhelmed with water. The guy dies. Well, now he's in heaven. And he goes, hey, God, you know, why did you let me die like that? He goes, I didn't let you die. I sent you a boat and I sent you a helicopter. What is wrong with you? Okay. <laughs> you see, that's the key here. You know, we've got to be willing to do what God tells us to do and basically be able to, you know, walk out and walk out in faith. Because without faith, it says it's impossible to please God. The evidence of things not seen, the hope of things, you know, not, of, of evidence not seen. And, you know, and so we have to realize that with faith, it means we've got to step out. And I, and I was talking to a friend the other day, and I said to him, I said, we never get what we want out of life. We get what we, we, get what we expect. Now, I'm going to talk about that for a second. Expectations produce faith. Faith changes the fabric of space-time. Yeah, I just said a lot. You better, better replay that. Faith is important because it changes the fabric of space-time. You don't get what you expect out of life. Or you, you don't get what you want out of life. You get what you expect because the expectation means it's already been done and you already expect it to happen. That's the importance of what we have to do as far as faith because the Bible says without faith it is impossible. It goes to the whole things about faith. I believe in the book of Hebrews about all these different patriarchs who talked about faith all of the time. That's the whole key here. We've got to make sure. It's like this with, you know, with what's happening with the New World Order. I expose them every day on the show. But does that mean I've got some halo over my head? Uh, I've, got an, I've got to tell you this right now. I don't have a halo. You know, I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus. You know, we're both sinners and saints of this world we live in. I have no halo to adjust. I have no plank in my own eye. I've got no speck in my own eye. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying we've got to do the best we can while we're here and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we have to walk by faith.
Austin, what's your next story? I'm sorry I interrupted Great. No, great, great information on there. Bunch of stuff I'm going to cover today. This is something that's also interesting now, as apparently the, the World Economic Forum and these groups now are trying to do everything they can to push their agenda as far as making people feel like they can't simply, I guess, live anymore, can't eat, can't breathe, can't drink, can't do anything now. You know, they talked before about how everybody needs to turn their heat and their AC off last summer. Remember all that? The, 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 the prices are so high with the electric bills right now. Everybody's, you just need to put your AC on 80. You know, you put, a, you know, when the green smart thermostat's on. Well, then they told everybody you need to start limiting travel. You need to save money and you need to stop driving. You need to stop flying. You need to save money. Well, then they said, well, you can't use a gas stove now. You can use an electric stove. You have to save. Now, then they said, you need to stop eating red meat and eggs. You stay away from all that. You need your plant-based protein as far as your fake meat and your fake soy and all that. Now they've come out now, the article the Wall Street Journal, and they said, this is the title of the article. It says, to save money, maybe you should skip breakfast now. And it goes into detail in this article on how essentially because, you know, the, co- the cost of everything is going up with inflation, essentially you should just stop eating as much. And you should basically, you know, stop so only eat like two meals a day. Now, the concept of doing intermittent fasting and not eating breakfast or having only a GHI cleanse and doing that aspect, that can have health benefits. That's not what they're saying here, so don't misconstrue it. What they're saying is essentially you need to get used to eating nothing, being poor, eating crickets, not eating meat, giving, having no heat and having no AC because, well, it's the new way to be now with the current economy. This is what they're doing now to break down the fabric of society mentally to make people think that they don't have a right to anything and they simply need to be okay with living like they're living now and, again, just go along with it. What's interesting about this now is I was reading another article and it was going into detail on how this concept of the electric bills. You guys remember last year when the electric bills were going through the roof? I told you guys my electric bill almost in some cases tripled last summer from the previous summer. And it was ludicrous because they kept saying, well, they're going to have like a 5% price increase. And these price increases were minimal at best. And suddenly my electric bill was exploding. Now you have Tico locally. Now there's been multiple lawsuits that have been filed on them now because they, the prices went up so high exponentially. And when they said, well, it's not us. It's the cost of everything. Oh, well, Exxon and Chevron now, it just got released. They paid a combined $59 billion out to shareholders last year now for 2023 while consumers struggled to pay their soaring utility bills. They said the combined amount paid to shareholders was equal to every household in California and Texas in their paid what they paid in energy bills last year. What's crazy about this is, I, mean, I told you guys that the whole thing was a complete sham. It was seeing where the price resistance was, where the price ceiling was, how far they could push the electric bill to individuals and how far they'd accept it. U.S. oil companies, ExxonMobil and Chevron, announced their second highest profit year in over a decade wow. last year. They went on to say here that Exxon did $36 billion in profits and paid $34 billion to shareholders, while Chevron did $24 billion in profits and paid $26 billion to shareholders, putting them only behind Apple, Microsoft, and Alphabet, the Google parent, as far as total payouts to U.S. companies, according to the Wall Street Journal analysis. So while they were telling everyone last year, these electric companies and these oil companies, how they could barely get by and the price increases were there because they had to cut costs and they had to increase prices to cover overhead, they did the largest amount they ever did in profitability and net profit in over a decade. Hence why I told you guys the entire thing was a complete and total lie. And this is why they're doing, they're working both sides of the narrative. They're 
coming in now and they're saying, okay, listen, we're going to raise oil prices. We're going to raise all these prices of cost, and we're raising electric prices at the same time. They're doing this intentionally to kind of control the environment, and this is why it's so important to be aware of it and basically uh, use discernment with a lot of these companies as far as who you're going with. BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard. And this is why a lot of times you see now where people want to put solar panels on their house and they want to basically be a sunny island. Essentially, I've known people that have done that where they have solar panels in and they have Edison batteries and they have a generator. They can actually live off the grid. Oh, no, no, no. Most states now have completely banned that. Now, why would a state be concerned whatsoever or a county municipal or a city? Why would they be concerned that a consumer puts solar panels on their house and lives off the land and lives off solar and basically doesn't have to have an electric grid? Because the oil companies and electric companies have petitioned all these cities and counties and states to make sure these things are mandated in law so you can't live off the grid. However, I do know some people that have done it and gotten away with it. To me, it doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do, you can do. I don't think the state has any right to come in and start telling you how you're allowed to generate electricity to live by yourself or live with your family. As far as I'm concerned, it's complete and total nonsense. But again, there's also, too, this is something that's also interesting I want to get into. If you guys have seen now... There's been numerous uh, discussions now in this congressional hearing over the COVID vaccine and the handling of the CDC and the FDA. And what's interesting about this now, there's two articles I saw, and it talks about how the FDA and the CDC were massively grilled in this congressional hearing about how vaccinated people were still transmitting the disease. They said the data showed early in the pandemic that it somehow reduced transmission. However, the data, data was very challenging to even pin down and preventing any type of transmission. They said that basically Dr. Daniel Jernigan, director of the CDC, agreed after Mr. Kraut repeatedly asked him the question a few times. He said, Mr. Cloud, when essentially the, is the, if the COVID vaccine, COVID as a vaccine presentable disease, if vaccinated people can still be infected and transmitted, how is this vaccine even effective? And then we want to say here, vaccine preventable diseases are referring to things that benefit from the vaccine. What we know from COVID is it did not prevent you from getting severe disease. It did not prevent you from spreading the disease. So again, they got railed out again in this congressional hearing. And then they even got blasted even further, Dr. Marks and Dr. Jernigan with the CDC, as U.S. officials admitted now that there's been no active surveillance whatsoever on the long-term effects of COVID vaccines. Remember how they told you that they were going to have basically these uh, these data logs in place from the very beginning, how they were going to monitor the efficacy and the safety of these shots once they rolled them out after three months, three months, that they were going to continue to monitor them. They went on to say here now, so with regard to myocarditis, we've certainly been monitoring the issue with various different data systems. I think the most recent data really demonstrates there's about eight times less likely to get myocarditis if you're vaccinated compared to those that are unvaccinated. Dr. Daniel Jernigan from the CDC discussed. What I'm going to say here, one of the guys, one of the guys that uh, asked him in the congressional hearing, he said most of the reports we get from adverse events are in the few weeks following the vaccination. So, are you monitoring these for long-term effects? And the answer was, well, in terms of monitoring this over a period of time, um, the vaccine effectiveness systems are in place by the CDC, but we don't have any long-term analysis. So they're saying this here, they're coming up with this data, this random data saying you're more likely to get myocarditis if you're not vaccinated, but they're only monitoring stuff for two and three weeks, but yet they're monitoring other things for months and months and months other they're unvaccinated. The entire thing they're trying to do with COVID vaccines right now is damage control, and they showed this in the congressional hearing as almost everything they put forward was a straight-up lie, as they want to keep people in the dark about this, and they don't want anybody to realize what actually happened 
affects so many people and why it's so important to really do your due diligence before you just start injecting yourself with experimental shots, Dad. I mean, this is crazy. It's this congressional hearing, it's like lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. And these guys, they will not admit under any circumstances that this shot has been a complete and total farce. It's crazy to me. Well, because of the liability exposure, Austin. If, they, if you tell somebody, yeah, I knew this was going to kill you, but I decided to kill you anyhow. But I'm sorry you're not dead, but sorry you're really sick, but oh, well, don't sue me now. I mean, they don't can't do that. Well, yeah. no, I remember uh, I, I spoke to a lady who was a medical doctor, in fact, one of my family members, and they taught her in medical school never to admit you did something wrong from a liability standpoint. Ever? Ever. Nope. Can't apologize. Can't say I did it wrong. Uh, sorry about that. I cut the wrong leg off. No, I didn't do that. It meant nothing. Deny nothing. everything. No, it, it, it was in the chart. I cut the wrong leg off because you told me to because it was in the chart. But you cut the wrong leg off. It doesn't matter. The other leg was full of gangrene. The other one was perfect. And you cut the good leg off and left the gangrene leg. Not my problem. It was in the chart. Sorry, not my problem. I had nothing to do with this. And you're like, wait a minute. Uh, oh, by the way, that happens. They cut the wrong legs off sometimes. And sometimes they that. cut the wrong arms off. And you're like, well, didn't you not see that the other arm was healthy? And the other one was gangrenous. Uh, no, I didn't care. Didn't matter to me because I was told to cut the wrong leg off and I did it. It's always somebody else's fault. And that's the thing that we see, isn't it? People do that all the time. They make a choice and it's somebody else's fault all the time. By the way, I was blessed, of, you know, gosh, last year, I guess it was now, to, to baptize somebody and to lead them to Christ. And uh, I'm going to share this with you real quick. They just wrote me a letter in the middle of the show, the text. I'm going to read it to you. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's scripture. Then she goes on to say, with God in my life, now I feel so much more alive. I feel his presence with me, which gives me a natural high on life I, could, I thought I could only get with substance abuse. She was real heavy in the different things. There would be days when I felt like it was I was just existing. I always knew I had a higher purpose but no direction. I would dig so deep to find that direction, and it would leave me feeling so lonely, lost, and more confused. This is without Christ. Today I'm at a point where those worries and that lost feeling no longer exist. It brings tears to my eyes. God has brought me peace and showed me patience. He's shown me there is no rush and that I will be okay. He's helped me to be more in the present moment by surrounding me with his Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's so strong, it's, it's all I feel. A high I never experienced, every day gets more intense. With God living in me, I know everything will be okay and that he will continue to guide me to greatness every day. I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, and guys, listen to me. That's what happens when you have a true born-again experience with God, when you have a true infilling of the Holy Spirit. His presence comes into you, and you want to do what's right. You want to cooperate with God. You want to be part of God's kingdom and do what he'd have you to do with all the days of your life. And it's important that we understand that because, guys, if we don't have a relationship with God, then we try to have a relationship with the world, and that's an empty void. Let me read you this. This is really sad. AI algorithms are now pushing content, romanticizing suicide to children. This is insanity. Social media algorithms are pushing suicide-related content to distressed children online. Committee for Children has heard. In a meeting, a committee this afternoon, the panel of TDs and senators heard from various experts about the need to protect children from the effects of artificial intelligence online, which pushes harmful content aimed at vulnerable individuals and offers cyber criminals new tools for exploitation and extortion. The Irish Council for Civil Liberties was among the contributors to the meeting and described how AI-driven algorithms called recommender systems provide personalized social media feeds designed to provoke and addict users by pushing more and more extreme content, including videos that romanticize suicide. 
Over the past year, as you've seen, AI features being rolled out into the hands of children with little thought to the consequences. I'm going to let you read this. I'm going to post it for you. One of, your, one of my listeners sent this to me. Thank you for the le- article that was absolutely horrific, but it needs to be addressed. This is what happens with human beings when they have no value, when they've been pushed down and pushed down and all they are is just an amoeba, or they're a, basically just a monkey that has no tail. This is when they say this is a Darwinian concept and God didn't create you. You created from an amoeba or some rock that got hit by lightning. That's what this is. They're telling you that you have no worth as an individual. You were not created in God's image. Therefore, it's best for you to go ahead and commit suicide while you're a child. This is the filth that kids see online. It's the filth that humans see online, that adults see online. That's why it's important to monitor your children and the content they watch on an ongoing yes. basis. Wow, Austin, what do you think about this? That's sad to see and sad to hear, but it's not a problem that's going away. The AI is a significant issue. There's numerous benefits, don't get me wrong to it, on certain concepts of business and work and writings. However, this thing is being completely allowed to go unfettered. It's going in all kinds of different directions here, and it's being used as a tool for (laughs) very bad things in some cases. So, again, this is why I repeatedly talk about it all the time because I have multiple kids. you got to be really careful what your children are exposed to, especially with open online access. I'm not a fan of tablets and iPads in general, especially younger children. Singular children really have no usage or need for those unless they're trying to do some type of schoolwork. But in my opinion, they've already shown that actual handwriting, actual penmanship, actual using a pencil and writing and filling out things, it massively stimulates brain production, massively stimulates cognitive reasoning skills. Then you're sitting there typing and swiping. You actually have to use your brain the entire time. It goes even further when you start looking into cursive writing. There's a reason why cursive writing has been completely excluded now from most school systems except for the ones that I'm involved in. There's also a reason, too, why most kids can't read a clock. Put a clock on the wall, ask it 5, 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old. My, my, my 7-year-old son can read a clock on the wall now. He knows how to read it because I've taught him how to do it. The concept is eludes most children. They can't tell you how to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm no teenager that don't know how to do it. Well, what does my Apple Watch say? What does my iPhone say? That's how sad and how basically dropped a lot of the – functioning has become now with a lot of these children. The AI is going to make it much, much worse, and not to mention what they're putting out there as far as the pollution in these children's brains, so be aware of it. Also, to another, speaking of AI, remember a few years back, Chicago talked about how they were bringing the shot spotter into place, and this was an AI algorithm and a network of microphones that they placed all throughout Chicago in order to monitor gunshots so they could use the AI to essentially pinpoint where the gunshot was and send law enforcement there. They said that this thing was essentially bulletproof. Not, you know, not even using play on words. It essentially worked really well. It's 99% accurate. It was going to help reduce gun violence in Chicago. Obviously, the gun violence has not gone down at all in Chicago. In most cases, it's gone up. And ironically now, Mayor Brandon Johnson has now announced Tuesday that they're getting rid of the shot spotter contract as it expires this year. As I said, the (laughs) the AI algorithm is now being criticized for being inaccurate and having a racial bias as it seems to constantly only send law enforcement to predominantly black communities in Chicago for gunshot violence. Um, There's a reason why a lot of these gangs are constantly involved in gunfights over there. A lot of it's the culture. A lot of it's the music. A lot of it's the violence. A lot of it's everything that they're constantly involved in. The music. It's it's enormous. It plays a very impactful role. And it's getting worse. What's ironic to me now, though, is they're getting rid of this program that they said was amazing and bulletproof now because it's got a racial bias as an algorithm because it keeps sending law enforcement to these communities that are constantly in violent situations. It has reduced gun crime and gun violence. None. It's actually gone up in Chicago. And it's crazy because they said now the city has spent $49 million on this program just over the last few years now, and they're now scrapping it. And I told you guys from the very beginning 
there's absolutely no legitimate reason why you start having algorithm AI using predictive programming modules, essentially like um, Minority Report, to start determining where people are and what they're doing and who's shooting and who's doing this. It, 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 there's just too many variables, and I was never pro for it at all. So it's interesting that they're getting rid of it. Not surprising. Also, speaking of AI biometrics, MLB, the Major League Baseball community, biometric system known as Go Ahead Entry this season will be starting to be used at stadiums, including by early adopter Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. The use of biometric facial recognition surveillance tools at sporting venues around the world are becoming very, very popular as the trend is saying is going up. Incidentally, they're saying now that the MLB and other leagues give for using these systems is speed of entry in the stadiums. Essentially, what they do now is it's a program that you can sign up for. You've got to be at least 18 years old. Use the go-ahead entry system. You have your digital ticket on your app, and then you go ahead and you basically have a photo uploaded of yourself, and you walk in. You don't need your phone. You don't need a ticket stub. You don't need anything. You walk up to this go-ahead entry program. They scan your face, and they immediately let you enter into the stadium. This is, again, something that's being poised. It's very efficient, very quick for people to be able to get in these stadiums. This is going to go nowhere but south when it comes to monitoring and determining what people are doing. I told you guys I've gotten a huge argument with the reps from the Monster Jam rally at Raymond James Stadium because they will no longer allow you, nor will they issue hard tickets anymore to go into Raymond James Stadium, period. I mean, I went all the way up the ladder, all the way up to management. You have to download the app on your phone and then show them your digital ticket to get in, which I found to be very invasive. I said, what happens if I don't have an iPhone? What if I got an old Razor that still works? You know, how, how's, how's that supposed to work out for me? You know, what if I don't want to download an app? You cannot go into the, you cannot go into the stadium. Can't get in. Will not allow entry. They do not accept paper tickets whatsoever. They do not have a system for them. Everything's designed to scan up basically this uh, barcode on your phone, on your digital ticket now. And the next step they will be rolling, I guarantee you, is this facial recognition software. And this is all about building data and gaining algorithm data on everyone, what you do, where you go, how you do it, and building databases on everything. This is why Facebook, when they put together the 10-year challenge, and so many people went on with that. And I laughed when I saw it. I saw a bunch of people posting stuff. That was all about Facebook and AI algorithm with facial recognition, getting photos of you compiled as you've aged, and they can predict how you're going to continue to age, and they can look back at certain photos and identify you all the way from previous photos and in future photos with their algorithms they're building. So understand, this is a very real system they're putting into place, and you've got to decide personally how much of your privacy you're going to compromise and how much you're going to give up because it's not going to stop. I promise you that. What happens if we decide not to participate in the aging process? <laughs> That'd be you. I just decided not to do that. I'm just gonna step out of it. I, I just did. I didn't like it. I tried. I I tried aging once, and I didn't care for it. It was a, a really negative experience. I didn't like it at all. It was, it was horrible, actually. So, uh, but it was funny because when I went, I just did a joke, obviously. But uh, when I went through TSA the other day, because I have the TSA pre-check at Tampa Airport, they put me through facial recognition. Did they? The first time they've done that. They've never done it over there. Yeah. No. They. They. I, I actually. They. I. I actually had to sit there and look into their camera before they let me pass. So they logged me in. There you go. They've already done it at Disney. They should just you know, merge the files. I'm sure they are. <laughs> the NSA has all of them. And, uh, and you know, and it's, and it's crazy when you look at this and you say, wow, is it really here? It, it just happened to me two days ago, three days ago in Tampa. Would they not let you through unless you did it? No, you had to stand in front of the camera. Yeah, wow. The camera. And so it, it, it was funny. The, the person that I was with, their name had been spelled wrong. Didn't make any difference. 
the AI apparently recognized them from the camera. I don't know, but they were allowed to go through. And before, if you ever had a name spelled wrong on oh, the yeah, ticket, you had to go back you had to, to the, the desk to yeah. get, get a counter to fix. But it was very strange how, how it did that. I thought that's odd that you know, they were allowed to go through without a, without a correct spelling of their name. But the reality is, is that if they have the AI recognition software already installed in these airports, it's going to be everywhere pretty quick. Yeah, it will be. And it's, and it, and it's kind of sad. Uh, by the way, uh, Paul Craig Roberts wrote a really good article. He goes, A World Without Morality. Because Israel and the United States have shown us what it's like to live in a world devoid of moral conscience. Indeed, they have shown us for decades. Over a million Palestinians are about to be forced into the Egyptian desert at gunpoint. The expulsion of the Palestinians showed that behind the moral pontificating about human rights and the rule of law, the United States and Israel are capable of the most barbaric cruelty uh, imaginable. It is truly shocking these two nations can execute a filthy ban like this in broad daylight while the rest of the world sits on their hands. No country except South Africa and the Houthi area of Yemen have made any effort to stop the genocide of the Palestinian people. The conclusion is obvious. This is Paul Craig Roberts saying this. Satan now rules the world, and Washington and Israel are his principal agents. You know, this is a pretty impressive thing for Paul Craig Roberts to say. He's coming out and just talking about it. And it says another one he says in here, he says, he starts talking about, he says, uh, it looks as if the case that Biden's open border policy is to facilitate the Democratic Party's sex trafficking of children. No one seems to be able to do anything about it to get any answers. And it's an article that was written by the Gateway Pundit, and it says, late night flights of illegal immigrants uncovered at the Phoenix Sky Harbor. Airline employees and TSA revealed details to TGP. We're getting swamped. Some of them smell really badly as far as the people coming in. And the thing they're not talking about in detail on this, and they're, but they did mention it, is saying they have entire busloads of children being trafficked out of Mexico through the borders into the United States. Busloads of children with no parents present. They've been separated from their parents. And he's saying now that this is basically the Democrats' way of facilitating child trafficking. You know, it you, is. you need to watch the movie with Jim Caviezel, The Sound of Freedom, and realize how prevalent this is and how many people are perverted in this world that they prefer to have relations with young children, it's sickening. And the sad part about it is Jesus warned them in the New Testament, if you hurt one of these kids, it'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and be cast into the deepest parts of the sea. And we need to understand that's what's happening here all over the world right now. We have people out there that are basically trafficking children for money. And the sad part about it is our government is aware of it. Then, of course, we see Biden sniffing young children. Let me know when I start making this stuff up. I'm just going to ask you, if you're going to send me another nasty letter, which I'll probably delete and block you. Anyhow, if you do, let me know when I start making that up. That's terrible to say that. It's true. Though. I, I can't. I won't put up with it. You know, if I tell you something and you don't like it, do the research on it. And if I'm wrong on the research, send me the research. Don't just tell me that I'm wrong without giving me the research. Because I, I, the guy's a sniffer. He's a weirdo. All right. And it's sad. You know, Jeffrey Epstein and the gang, what do you think they were doing? They weren't, they weren't trafficking 70-year-old women to guys. Just thought I'd mention that. Not that there aren't 70-year-old women that are beautiful because there's some that are out there, but the reality is they weren't doing that. And even, even Trump said, well, Jeffrey Epstein likes the girls on the young side. Well, yeah, like 12, 10. What a weirdo. And they're trying to get these ages changed for sex with these minors, and they're trafficking them out of the Mexican border. Watch the movie with Jim Caviezel, The Sound of Freedom. It's, I think it's free now on Netflix if you want to watch it or on, or on uh, the, uh, Amazon Prime or whatever. You have those different things. I don't have cable anymore, so my Wi-Fi is kind of limited in the house. So I don't watch a lot of that stuff anyhow as far as on those particular apps. But the sad part about it, Austin, is very, very true. And you start realizing this. He says, you know, it's it just, you know, he, the, but I'm going to let you guys read this. 
You know, he's immediately upon arriving at the Phoenix Sky Airport last week and checking a bag. The Gateway Pundit correspondent Jordan Condorstan noticed a group of children all dressed identically, which the baggage attendant confirmed were unaccompanied minors who were being transported from the border to Philadelphia. Yep. I feel bad for the kids, they said, agreeing that we don't know whether or not they are being sex trafficked. They have like a thousand groups on buses people from Africa, like they're all going to New York, they continued. I don't even want to go to New York right now because I don't know what they're doing there. They're not working. They added, this past year has been so many changes, they have completely opened the borders. And this is why my orcas was basically impeached, but they're never going to get that through the Senate. And he was directly- Twice they got it approved. But, but, but also, and I mentioned this last week, I went into detail on the Darien Gap and the $100 million in funding oh, yeah. he's using to build roads and bridges to push these people into the United States. This is insanity. This we we are watching the systematic destruction of the United States of America, one day at a time, with millions and millions of people coming in here on an ongoing basis every single year, and and a lot of these guys. And you mentioned this to me yesterday. Are fighting age men? Oh yeah, I, I told her about that on the show yesterday. As far as what was going on with that, my buddy went down there to have some uh, dental work done, and he came back through Tijuana, and he said the groups, the side groups, as far as we were walking in to gain entry, he said it was literally all all young age men. They all looked like they were nineteen, twenty year old college baseball players all 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 similar build well what's funny is all these children on these buses all were dressed the same like they were in uniforms yeah what the heck is that so they're being targeted because they're being they know exactly who they are they show up it's kind of like it's kind of like this when prisoners are in a prison they have to wear prison uniforms correct right and so that way if they escape they're wearing you know stripes or whatever and people notice hey this guy's dressed like a prisoner but these children are all dressed the same like they're in uniforms that's being used to identify them to proper, you know, I guess, traffic them, I guess. This is insanity. Also. No, it is. And this is why I've said so many times, especially if you have young kids, you've got to be proactive and aware and have situational awareness when you're out in public with your children, period. Because this isn't a joke anymore. I've talked to one of my good buddies who's Polk County Sheriff's Department and uh, been for years. He said the amount of child traffickers and perverts that are out there on a regular basis that they constantly catch will baffle most people's minds. He said pretty much any place you go, during the day, during the nighttime, you go to any crowded place, there the statistical probability that somebody is there to look and scope out to look for children to basically abduct them is pretty much a guaranteed 100% at some point in time. There's somebody there all the time, anywhere you go. He goes, these guys scope out malls, they scope out Target, they scope out Walmart, they scope out restaurants, and they constantly look for targets, and they basically try to identify them and try to grab them. Remember that was a couple months ago with that one mall? where that 13-year-old girl was going down the escalator and two of those guys were like from Somalia. They met her at the bottom of the escalator and said, oh, we're here to take you to your friends. Go meet up with them. And the guy grabbed her by the arm, interlocked arms with her, and basically walked her, and they were trying to walk her out the exit. And she started screaming. Then you have two guys that basically heard what was going on. They said, what the heck's going on? She goes, I don't know these guys. They basically got a huge fight with them, beat them up, and they took off. And the girl found out later on those guys were straight-up predators. They were going to the mall, looking for girls that are by themselves, meeting up with their friends, and basically walking them straight out the exit door and going and basically taking them out. This is a very serious problem, so something to be aware of and something to understand that it's negative. It's not something that's fun to talk about. It's really not at all. It's actually horrific. But at the end of the day, when something like that happens, you've got to address it. You've got to look at it and say, this is what's happening right now. Be aware of it. Don't live in fear. Don't be sitting around lamenting like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. But take it a step back and say, how can I address it? What can I fix it at my base level? And what can I do further to support some of these groups, some of these coalitions, some of these families that are working to do this? And at the same time, also make sure your friends, your family, your loved ones are awake and aware to addressing the problem. Because you can pretend all day long that something else is not happening, like we've talked about. If you see a garden of weeds, 
you say, it's a garden of weeds. It can be a beautiful garden. We can fix it. But right now it's a garden of weeds. You see a garden of weeds, you see a predator, you see somebody doing something, don't be shy to call them out or no. call security and say, hey, listen, this guy over here has been scoping this girl out. He's been walking. He's been following us. I need you to go talk to him real quick. Do not be shy about doing that because usually there's security at most places nowadays, and they'll be more than happy to look at something in most cases, especially off-duty security or law enforcement. They're usually very, very well-versed in that topic, Dan. This is why they had to emasculate the men. Yes. Yeah. No, oh, no, okay. No, no. If, if you had real men out there, if you had real alpha males that are going to protect their families and protect their children, protect their daughters and protect their little boys, this wouldn't be a problem. But these guys don't know what to do anymore because they've been so politically changed, politically corrected yeah. and basically beaten down by the by the feminism music the m- movement. Like this woman wrote in this article, how women gave up those rights. And now the men haven't basically taken their responsibilities as basically leaders. We don't must be proactive. You see that every time something happens, what does everybody do? They pull a camera out and videotapes it. Well, they don't do it. I mean, now. like a kid's getting abducted. Everybody pulls their phone out. Oh, look, we're going to post no, this on YouTube. No. Kids getting abducted. I, 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 I'm, I'm going to mention this real quick and I only got a second to do this. Years ago, before Sharon passed away, we were at the mall, Millennial Mall, and they had an active shooter there, and they killed him in the parking lot. And Sharon was at a, at a store there buying some stuff, and I sat in front of the store, and I protected her, and I stood at the front entrance, and I would not move, even though they told me to. I said, I'm not leaving. And then Sharon told them, she says, don't worry if Ted's out front, the guy's not coming in here. That's what we need here in the United States again, and we've lost that. We've got a bunch of girly men now, little meow boys that are doing everything they should not do on an ongoing basis to destroy the very fabric of society and not protect their women and children. Listen to me, men. If you're not willing to die for your wife, you need to do some praying. If you're not willing to die for your children, you better do some praying. Because if we're not here to do that, protect us, protect our families, what's the point of being here calling yourself a father or a husband? What do you think? 100% 100% accurate, my friends. That includes taking care of them from a health standpoint as well. That's what we're here to help you guys with and the nutrients and the topics and the different things we bring up on the show. So if you need anything, healthmasters.com. We're always here to help you out the best we possibly can. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the NATO Kinese. We talked about it earlier on the show. Also, the fat-burning stack. That's on sale right now. Really good stack on that. And also, to the other products of the week, be sure to vote. It looks like the vitamin E, the cinnamon extract, the tension factor, all those are going pretty hard. A lot of different stuff on the website, a lot of different sales and specials, so check it out over the weekend. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome time. Have a great weekend. Stay strong, stay healthy. Talk to you again on this show Monday as always. Love you guys. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.